today in my first concert. Page and Plant go over there, and they're like pointing to us. And the entire arena, Dave, is like the lights are on, and everybody's like looking at us. Welcome to my first concert. You can download it at Apple, Spotify, TalkNorth.com. You can subscribe. We'd love to have you part of that. We want to thank all the folks that make this possible to you. And that would include the folks at Aquarius Home Services. By the way, just received the Minnesota Best Gold Award by the Minneapolis Star Tribune. That's pretty prestigious. Also brought to you by a bank here at Talk North. That is starbank.net. Check them out. Ten locations throughout the state. And by propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. And that's fascinating. We'll talk about that, too. Today's guest is Kevin Lynch, and you see him on Timberwolves uh, television broadcast. He's a former Minnesota Mr. Basketball winner, two-time state champ at Bloomington Jefferson. Then he went on to play basketball for the Golden Gophers, where he was an all-Big Ten player. Then went to the NBA via the draft, and then off to Europe. And uh, you see him on television, I mentioned. He was on the radio broadcast for a long time. And then also, he still runs with his brother, Mike, basketball camps. Today on My First Concert. First of all, welcome. But secondly, you. don't you have tennis camps too? Well, that's my that's my sister in law. That's my brother Mike's wife. She was a tennis player, tennis coach, and uh, that's kind of they do all sorts of stuff. I'm kind of like a minor part of this. I run my camps, but my brother works a ton more that he sets up for himself, and then my sister in law Sandy does the tennis camps. But they've done touch football. They're doing pickleball apparently now. They're doing soccer, all sorts of volleyball, stuff like that. So I, I just kind of stick with my stuff and the basketball end of the, the whole thing. And mm-hmm. But they do more stuff than what I do. So. Well, say hi to Brianne. Brianne is our producer. Brianne, Kevin Lynch. Kevin, it's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet we were you. We chatting it up before then, and I, th- I think this is going to be a good episode. I hope so. I hope <laughs> I can bring something to the table here with a legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, he couldn't make it today, but I'm here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well... I, I've seen you hit clutch shots, so I think we should be good. Uh, oh, well, let, let's uh, start out with the, with the topic of the, the show. It's called My First Concert. So, Kevin, you're a music guy. Your first concert was? <sighs> Among your first, maybe. Okay, okay. I had to kind of think about this. Um, I'm pretty sure, 95% sure it was October of, ni- of 1986, so my senior year in, in high school, I went to see Journey at the Met Center. Oh, my. With Steve Perry. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I was thinking about that night because we had pretty good seats. I went with my high school buddy who was my basketball teammate. And I grew up with Mike Shear. And Mike's a great guy. And so he got tickets to the the Journey concert. And do you remember, Dave, Glass Tiger? Oh, yes. I sure do. They had the one, maybe they had like a one-hit wonder type of like, don't forget me when I'm gone, my heart would Mm break. So that song was really hot back in those days. And so we went and they opened up for Journey at Met Center and Glass and, Tiger, and Glass good, Tiger, good deep track. Yeah, so so and every time I hear that song, I've always liked that song because it reminds me of high school or senior year. Yep. That concert to see Journey. So when they finished their show, uh, Steve Perry came out and and uh, you know when I was a kid, it was like Don't Stop Believing and Open Arms and all these ballads by Journey. Journey was hot back in like early eighties, oh sure, into the mid eighties, and not. I don't think it was long after that, Dave, that they kind of split up. 
maybe 90, 87, 88, something like that. But Steve Perry was the man. And so, yeah, and I, I got a girl's phone number leaving that concert, a White Bear Lake girl who was in high school. And so my friend and I, do you want to hear this? Yes. So, so Ryan, you want to hear this, don't you? As a White Bear Lake girl, let's hear That's it. That's right. This, so, this is better yeah, than the concert right now. It's like right a now. Beach Boys song. So, so my friend Mike and I are leaving the Met Center. The concert was great. We're, everybody's, you know, if it's a good concert, you leave the building. Like the times I've seen Bruce Springsteen, you leave the yeah. building and everybody is just jacked, jacked and buzzing. hyped and buzzing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So this is like my first concert. I'm 17. I'm walking out with my friend Mike, and, and we're in the parking lot at Med Center in Bloomington, and and uh, we start talking to these three cute girls from White Bear Lake, and 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 we end up talking, and there was a connection because my sophomore year in high school, we played White Bear Lake in the state tournament, and they had dominant teams back when I was a ninth grader and, and sophomore. And we lost to them. My only loss in the state tournament was to White Bear Lake. Anyway, so we were talking to these White Bear Lake girls, and I'm bringing up basketball names, these guys that played at White Bear Lake. And, and I got this girl's number, and I never called her. So there you go. <laughs> but I, I had Do other... Do you remember her name? No. no, I don't remember her name. But I, I think I kept, like, the little sheet of paper... And she gave Aww. me her number. I kept it for years. But that's who knows awesome. That. So and who's crying now? That's Journey. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that that's uh, Oct- I think it, I'm pretty sure it was October of '86. Look, look at Dave. Dave's looking up the the tour that that fall. I, yeah, I, I, I just found the set list of that concert. Only the Young was what they opened up with. Really? If I say some of the stuff, my uh, Stone and Love followed by Any Way You Want It. Any way you want it. That's that's in the movie. Uh, uh, Caddyshack, but they, they, uh, I mean, Wheelers in the Sky was in that concert. Uh, Who's crying now? Oh, Sherry, Love and Touch and Squeeze, and that probably got you revved up. Um, <laughs> separate ways, good song, and, and Faith- then they, faithfully, faithfully, faithfully was the the last song, <clears throat> really, in the encore. Faithfully really? was the last song they sang that night, and of course, just before that, Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, oh, that's a classic. What a great encore. I like tune. Anytime. That doesn't get enough love. Anytime? How does that song go? It's like almost like a cappella. I'm not going to sing it, but it comes in. They're like, Anytime. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> You're with Kevin and Dave. We could care less. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a. Kind Don't of we have auto tune on this thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Turn it on. <laughs> recommend it. Highly recommend it. Oh, Glass Tiger, man. Isn't it funny how <laughs> sometimes totally songs you don't them. even like? I mean, I know you like that song, but sometimes songs that you're like, oh, that's terrible, but you have such a great memory yes. associated with it, you oh, end up liking that it. That does that with, I mean, everybody kind of has 100%, that, don't they? Yes. Like, I'll hear a song, like I'll hear the song, um, oh, what's the name of the song? By Lenny Kravitz. There's, oh. a, there's a few that are like that. So. Oh, it always makes me think of my other high school buddy who used to dance to that song um, in front of girls. And it, make, and it makes me... <laughs> was it a hit? Yes, yes. Of course I, it was. Oh, what's Lenny Kravitz? I can't think of it, but if you guys said it, I'd be like, oh, that's it. And I remember seeing him dance in front of these girls uh, to that song by Lenny... Oh, anyway, so, yeah, it... Big time. You, you hear a song. It ain't over till it's over. That's is that that's it. it. Yeah. That's a good basketball song. Yes, yes. Yeah. He used to he used to dance in front of girls <laughs> to that song, and I remember seeing him do it. And to this day, I laugh to myself when I think about him. And he's like six seven. He's this big strapping dude, and but and he had the was, moves. Yeah, he was actually a pretty good dancer for a guy that was that big. So whatever that means, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> little song, little dance, little spritzer down your pants. Remember that? <laughs> Whoa! The, um, 
<laughs> Lenny Kravitz, the dancer. Yeah, that was. Uh, were you a big dancer too? You know, not. I didn't grow up doing that. But when I was in high school, they had they called them jams. It was like a school dance, but it wasn't like prom or homecoming hmm. or whatever. You just kind of showed, showed up. up. Didn't have show, to have a date. Yeah, exactly. People just showed up and they called it called them jams. And so, no, I didn't grow up dancing. But then my senior year must have been kind of a moment for me in my life because we went to this jam and a lot of times guys kind of stand off the side acting like they're too cool. They don't, well, I yeah. was, I've I, heard of guys like yeah. that. <laughs> so, so that I suppose I was like a lot of guys, I was like that. And then, um, uh, maybe a certain tune came on and I go out there with some of my buddies and we just had so much fun. We were just laughing and dancing and acting like a, that's the thing. People that a lot of people that don't like to dance, they're afraid of how they're going to look. You know, you got to kind of get past that. And I had some of that, but when I was at that jam, my senior year in, in high school, I, I was able to get past it and say, I don't care. And if I look like an idiot, and it was like Good for we, you, like at the end, that's of, a big move, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it, it is, it, it is. It it's actually a stage was of enlightenment. It's nerve wracking, yes. Because when I got over it, I love to dance, and I've never yes. looked back. Yes. I was like, oh, who would dance in front of people? It's and, so fun. And now, and nowadays, like I don't Feels know, great. I don't. It, it's so much fun to go. I've been to like the Medina Ballroom. Boogie Wonderland was playing there. Like this is maybe twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. This is not long after. I was finished playing basketball. I was in my 30s, and that's right, right about the time when Dave and I started working together. And and Boogie Wonderland was playing at the Medina Ballroom. And another Caddyshack song. Yeah, yeah. So this is like the 1970s music. Like, oh, it was just. I mean, I walked out of there like sweating. Like my entire, <laughs> I had to take my shirt off in the car. I mean, it was like because it's so much fun. Too bad that girl from White Bear Lake wasn't there. I man. know. Had she yeah. seen that version of me? <laughs> I got a date, but see, stuff like that, I, I like to dance. I don't dance much now, but I'll listen to a certain music, a certain song, and I just start to kind of move to it. I don't know, Dave, what do you think about that? I, I, we all I've been with you to a few events. I don't know yeah. if I've seen that from you or that I'd want to see that yeah, from maybe you. I'm not you, sure. Yeah, you might not. Well, um, I want to get back to so a little song, a little dance is actually a little seltzer down your pants, and that was from... if. Mary Tyler Moore fans when Chuckles the Clown had his funeral. That was one of the lines okay. that they when they were when they were talking about Chuckles, and that's where Mary Tyler Moore lost it, and she couldn't control her laughter at Chuckles the Clown's funeral. Okay, so that's that's where that line came from. The irony. That's right here to just barely. I'm the only one in the room that knows that. No, so. we know who Mary <laughs> anyway, Tyler watch Moore is. watch it sometime. Just kidding. It, it's hard not to laugh. Okay. Which makes me think that Ted Knight was one of the best actors of all time. Oh, how funny. Can we all was, agree on yes, that? Yes. How funny was that guy on that show? And everything. Yeah. Guy, he was just unbelievable. What else was he on? He's he in was Caddyshack. On, <laughs> well, <laughs> Caddyshack and Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, he, had that, he had that sitcom with, was it My Two Daughters or some? My Three Sons. No, no, that was Fred <laughs> McMurray. Oh. Yeah. Um, and Chip and Ernie, and I don't remember the other one. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to look that up. Ted Knight was a sitcom before he passed away, but everything he was, he was just always so good. And okay, we've diverted. <laughs> yes, we have. Let me take How a much break. time do we have? We got as much time as you need. <laughs> and then I, I, when we come back, I want to talk about a show that Kevin and I went to one time, and we're the only 
about two or three of us in the building it at one point. Hey, I do want to mention our, our sponsors here on the show, and I want to thank our friends over at Star Bank, family-owned bank, family culture. All these locations in Minnesota, 10 of them right here in the metro and also all throughout rural Minnesota. High touch, high service. It's a, Ag is big in western Minnesota, as you know, and that's where they started. And they've learned to support the needs of local farmers. And when you're in that business of agriculture and growing up in a small farming community as well, I'm well aware of the changes you have to make on the fly sometimes. And you need a banker. Boy, do you need a banker that can just make that call, that audible that you have to call, much like a quarterback sees a different defense all of a sudden and makes that audible call. You have to do that in the ag world, but not just the ag world. I saw it as a kid, and that's why I know Star Bank was able to do so many great things. But they're in the business world, too. And so any business, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Boy, you got to, man, that suddenly happened. Now what are we going to do? You want a friend in this business. Face-to-face is wonderful, I think. But now we're into high tech and we need the mobile app. They have all of that stuff at starbank.net. So don't worry about that. They're just cool. The community involvement they have, their integrity, their agility, their ability. They know your name. You're not a number. They still have the technology you want. I'd get to know them. And once you get into that bank, you, you will know them. And I'll tell you something else. They'll know you prior to that and get to know you pretty well. They're good. Man, they're really good at what they do. Starbank.net. It's our bank here at Talk North. Dave Lee with Brianne. This is my first concert. Kevin Lynch is our guest today, the former Minnesota Mr. Basketball winner, two-time state champ in high school hoops, and then on to the Big Ten where he was a star with the Gophers, and on to the NBA, then on to the European basketball, and just a great story with Kevin. We've been longtime friends. Kevin, I wanted to bring this one up, though. We were at uh, uh, Happy Valley yeah. in Pennsylvania at yeah. Penn State getting ready to do a game. We were there the night before, per usual, and we go out to this bar, and they're performing in the bar, uh, Big Head Todd. Yeah. And uh, yeah. when we got in the bar, we thought maybe we were, uh, there's like three of us, wasn't there? Yeah. Nobody was there. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I, I have a memory of, of that story, that situation. Didn't one of us, I don't remember walking in there and saying, oh, they're playing here. I thought one of us, and you, your sniffer typically is kind of up with music <laughs> and concerts, I would say. Yeah. I said, and, let's go to this bar and go see Big Head Tom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's kind of my memory. We were on the phone together with Gerstud, Mark Gerstel or Gerstud, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking, and Dave's like, yeah, let's Big Head Todd and the Monsters. And I was like, wait, they got a couple songs I really like. We got to go, you know, we got to go to this. And you were like, let's go. Yeah. So we go in the bar, and there's <clears throat> yeah. three of us are thinking, yeah. oh, they must have canceled. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. And then uh, eventually it, it got more people, but it was never packed for a college campus Surprising. oh man yeah. yeah and and they they put on a great show remember that they were they were so good and it was really fun and then they and then uh, i don't know if we talked to the lead singer or what but he talked about his wife being from edina i know i was just gonna say that he yeah talked to big big head todd the, the, well, we the lead we did yeah the lead singer yeah we did talk to him or said something to him and his I remember that. that yeah, he said no, he's married from a girl, you know, from... No, it was when you, when uh, we'd had too many beers, you said, <coughs> play Freebird. No, I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> who are those guys? I'm thirsty. That was you, Dave. <laughs> that might have been me. But no, anyway. I, I, yeah, but that, that's my memory is the lead singer was married to a girl from Edina. I do remember that. Yeah. Todd, Todd Moore. Todd Moore, right? Okay. Big head Todd. Anyway, they were really good, but we were, there was just like, God, here's this band with hits. Yeah. As you said, a couple of them, and then boom, like, where is everybody? Broken-hearted Savior. 
Broken Hearted Savior. That's the song, right? That that's one of their kind of famous songs that came out in the nineties. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, that's uh that's one of my favorite songs from them. I didn't know that much about them, but uh yeah, that was a good good show. Yeah, and it was dead in that in that bar and, and we're like, <laughs> what's going yeah, what's going on here? Are they even playing? And you know, I think it'd be fun to see them in their home turf in Colorado at uh, at uh, Red Rocks. Wouldn't that be a cool concert, Red Rocks? Yeah. Well, I've sure never they... been there. Have you been there? Not during a show. Really? I, I went there. We drove by and I said, I got to go into the venue. So Julie and I went into there, and it was it's awesome. That night, the symphony was performing, which I can imagine the, the symphony. and I, We would have gone, but we had to meet friends in Denver. That night we'd set up a while back, so we didn't unable to attend. But the the stars were out, and oh, I thought man. a symphony orchestra, Red Rocks. I mean, seeing yeah. anybody there would be great, but uh, the orchestra. Anyway, we so no, I didn't see music, but I've been in the the uh, amphitheater. Yeah, I've never never been there. Always wanted to see a show there, and it's funny you say symphony. This is interesting for me. I since. When everything got shut down, Dave, I probably never told you this, and it's not that this is a big thing, but when everything got shut down two and a half years ago, <clears throat> I almost stopped watching the news, reading the newspaper, and um, and listening to talk radio. I, I, I kind of stopped. Not that I did a ton of those things, but I, I kind of stopped doing. And one thing I started, I started doing two things. You guys are going to laugh. Number one was... I started watching old Magnum PI episodes on TV. Tom Selleck. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, wrong with that? With, with the world falling apart, you know, da da da. I get to watch some dude running around Honolulu every day in a in a Ferrari. Yeah. I thought for some reason that made me feel better, Dave. That's that's good, you know. And uh, the second thing, and this is what I was going to tell you, is I started listening to classical music because I found it soothing. Yeah, you know, and. Mm -hmm. And the, the, what is it, NPR or whatever that plays classical music, the classical music radio station here in town, I started listening to that a lot. Like every time I drive, I still do now. But it's like maybe it was, there was some, like I got some relief from all the horror that was taking place around the, the world. And it's just like I enjoy it. And I don't, I'm not going to say I know that much about classical music now. But I like it. It's soothing, and they used they say on there, classical music makes you smarter. And I thought, God, I'm pretty dumb, and I want to get smarter, Dave. And I'm if I can get smarter by listening to classical music, I so I enjoy it. And I'm being serious about that. I listen to classical music now. The beauty of classical music is, <clears throat> I would listen to it when I was driving in every day or going home. I, when I drove in, there was no rush hour. Yeah. But sometimes when I go home, it was rush hour, and instead of getting profane with other drivers not that i would do that but but you know you're in your car and you're upset i would put classical music on and i would feel yeah i'd get the stress would go away just takes your blood pressure it, it kind of yeah. calms you yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's it's uh that's interesting you're probably smarter than the rest of us doing that no i don't know i i don't know i i would uh my nephew one of my nephews my oldest brother mike his his son kyle who's he's in his 20s now him and I used to talk about listening to classical music, and Kyle was just like 12, 14 years old or whatever, and, and I, I would kind of listen to it occasionally, and him and I would talk about it for some reason, and um, and he listens to it a little bit too, which mm -hmm. is pretty impressive for a kid who's 26 years old now, yeah. but I don't know what to say about that. I enjoy it. There's something about it that, and I've... Again, it's not like I know that much about. I know the you know Beethoven, mm -hmm. Bach, and Mozart, but 
you know, I've become familiar with, you know, Chopin a little bit and some of these other Vivaldi and I like it. It makes, you know, me, it makes me feel good. When you were playing basketball in Europe, that would have been, especially in <laughs> Italy, Kevin, you go to some of those communities and they've got the statues of some of the great musicians and then you learn their backstories and you're going, whoa, they were like rock stars, some of them. Right, right And right. actually some of them, you know, acted like renegade rock stars too. Right. <laughs> Which, you're going, Which is ah, interesting. No way. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, in fact, I lived with another woman, but his wife lived in town and you're, you're just going... Well, this, you know, are you kidding me? But there was, I played in the city Bamberg for three years in mm -hmm. Germany. That's one of the cities I played hoops in. And um, back when I was there, they had a really nice, I, I kicked myself. I, they had this really nice uh, orchestra, like an orchestra hall kind of uh, facility, like a stage, and, and you go watch classical music being played. I never went into this building, and I kicked myself. It's in Bamberg. And since I've been getting into classical music the last two and a half years, there's there's been performances that they play on the station here in town that were that was performed in my in that city of Bamberg in Germany. Hmm. And they set it up. Yeah, this is performed in Germany in Bamberg. And I was like, oh my God, I should have gone in there. So I don't know what that means. Make the me. pilgrimage someday. Yeah, I know. Go back and check it out. Yeah, I remember learning about uh, Puccini. I think it was. When we were in Tuscany, and um, it might have been Luca that he was from. I can't, I can't remember, but they had a statue, and then we're there with uh, uh, at a person that lived there that we that we knew, and so she was born and raised in that area, and she was telling us the whole story, and I'm just going, holy. It was really fascinating. And that's interesting. Yeah. And, and that's interesting. I think. I think that was him. That's interesting that you say that that, you know, people like Bach and Beethoven, they were like... The Beatles back in those days. You would it, think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you think like people like William Shakespeare was writing his stuff 500 years ago, and nobody appreciated it until 100 years ago. Yeah, when he kind of came out, kind of thing. Yeah, but it, so it's interesting how sometimes like you know they're not appreciated, but it'd be interesting if those guys. You look back at Beethoven. Was he like a like a, like you said a total rock star back in back in the, his day, or you know? Yeah, well, there there is a statue here in Minnesota of Ole Bull it, in Loring Park, I think, in Minneapolis. And in Norway, and I think he was from Oslo, Norway, there's a big statue. And he was like this huge musical star, but he had an, apparently had quite an ego, and he was had statues all over, and he was like an Elvis. I think they compared him to Elvis. Of that day, and I don't know if Elvis had an ego, but I mean, just I'm talking about in stature. Yeah, and um, I think it was Ole Bull. I got to look that up again. You see, these, you're making me you're making me smarter because I got to think about these things. <laughs> but I, I believe he was from Oslo, and I don't know why there's a statue of him in Loring Park outside of maybe his ego's so big he needed one in Minnesota. And I, I anyone, don't know. anyone that'll have him. <laughs> I don't know. know, but you're right. It, it could have been a rock star mentality. Within a whole different genre of music. Well, think how small the music industry was back then. What was it like? Five guys, basically. You know, composers at a yeah, time. I, so yeah, th I don't those know. are the only people making music. So of course, people are going to really s celebrate that art form. You're you right. Know, as it moves into the, you know, how we consume media or music now. But not everybody famous, as you said, was wealthy. And I don't know if Shakespeare Most died broke weren't. or in his case. So I just saw his, the castle that was uh, he wrote about in Hamlet. It's in Denmark, and I just we just went past that on our way. We drove from 
Denmark to Sweden, and you have to ferry from Denmark to get into Sweden. And you go oh, where we nice. were. You went right by the castle that was from Hamlet. Really? Fa- I don't know. Elsinore. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, shouldn't <laughs> shoot from the lip like I'm doing here. Uh, Kevin, you and I went to see when when we come back. You and I went to see Paul McCartney. Yeah, I and know. That, that was really an event. And Brianne, when we come back, we'll tell you about that because I know you can't wait to hear that story. Kevin Lynch is with us. This is my first concert. Dave Lee here. Are proud to share that my friends at Aquarius Home Services have received. The Minnesota Best Gold Award by the Minneapolis Star Tribune. You voted them top home services company in heating and cooling, in plumbing, in electrical and water treatment services. How do I know that? Because I've worked with Aquarius for over 20 years minimum. And I've known Jeff since he started the business. I've known firsthand how they always put their customers first. And that's really, that's kind of number one over there. And they work hard every day. They want to earn the right to be recommended. That's exactly what happens. Honest, if... To this day, if someone says they have any of these issues with their plumbing, electrical, heating, and cooling, water treatment, I say Aquarius, and I'll I'll call them for them if they want me to because they treat you, they treat your home, they treat your time with respect. By the way, congrats to uh, Jeff and that whole team at Aquarius Home Services. Any questions or concerns about your water, your heating, cooling, your plumbing, or your electrical, they're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. I just called them because I, I had them, I didn't have them yet, I I'm on the appointment schedule. They're coming out to do a five-star furnace tune-up, which extends the life of your furnace, which saves you money, which I like a lot. So find out about them, AquariusHomeServices.com. They make it possible for us to bring you my first concert. Kevin Lynch is with us. Uh, Kevin, of course, a great basketball player and and, and, uh, now has those camps going on, but also a really good award-winning broadcaster as well. (laughs) And uh, you can watch the Timberwolves games, and you will see him on the pregame, halftime, postgame. Does a... Fantastic job. Uh, Kevin, let's talk about <clears throat> Paul McCartney. And I, I don't remember yeah. the year. Was it 04 or somewhere in there yeah. when he came back with, uh, I don't know, it was a Back in the USA tour or what it was called at the time. But it was the, it was a concert everybody was talking about. Remember that? Yeah. It's, uh, I, well, let me first of all, and I know I've thanked you through the years. I, I am so appreciative of you getting that ticket for me and, and us going together. And that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, you know, you know what's funny, and this is what I was going to say to you, Dave, is sometimes I'll I'll uh, I'll get into Led Zeppelin, you know, like I've seen Page and Plant uh, at Target Center at some point back in the '90s, I think, or it's I get into Beatles music, and then like I don't know if you do this, but this is what I do: I'll get into a I'll I'll listen to a song, I get into the song, and then I get interested in either the musician or the band that the song comes from. And then I have a desire to learn more about it. Yeah. And so that's what I did with McCartney is I, I started to learn about him a little bit how, um, uh, do you want to hear this? Maybe yeah. you don't even want to hear that. So, so like I got into the song, Maybe I'm Amazed, because I think his wife, Linda, had died, yep. right, yep. Of, of breast cancer back in the late 90s. And I started to hear how, Here's a rock star who stayed married for like 30 years and stayed faithful to his wife. And it was just like, I learned a little bit about that. I got into the song, Maybe I'm Amazed. I started to listen to more Beatles music because I did not get into the Beatles at all growing up. No. I didn't like them at all because to me, the Beatles were, <clears throat> I want to hold your hand. It's like 1950. Well, it's like, like, I couldn't get into that. The Beatles music I enjoy is the weird drug stuff that's, that came later. 
You know, I just right. I enjoy that the sound of that stuff way more than the early Beatles stuff. Anyway, so I get into McCartney, and then that's how I am. I kind of want to learn about the. It starts with the song. Then I I'm interested in the musician or the group, and so I read McCartney's autobiography that came out I think in the late '90s or around 2000 or something. And so I read the book and getting all that juicy stuff with the Beatles is so interesting. It's amazing how the interest in that group and then each each guy is just, it's almost grown through the years. So I read uh, his autobiography and I thought it was really interesting learning about that guy. And I did the same thing with Zeppelin when I got into Led Zeppelin back when I was in college. I've read a couple of their books and you kind of want to learn about mm -hmm. where these dudes come from and what inspires the music too. That's always kind of interesting. The, yeah, they're, they're, I've got several Beatles books. I don't. There's no way if you weren't of that age <clears throat> to understand when they came out. You had two or three TV stations that we all probably had, right? At least where I was, we had two on a three on a really good day. <laughs> it was clear, and the one the one antenna worked. <laughs> but when the Beatles came on, yeah. <clears throat> so you only had two or three channels thinking about today as opposed to then, and everybody was watching them. Everybody, like every even people that didn't like them, wanted to know what the Beatles were about, and I mean they were. I, there's no way to explain how huge they were. Um, and I was a little punk at the time, so I didn't comprehend that as well. But the point is, they were just so big, and then they, as you said, they just kind of, you know, they 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 just rolled with the flow, and they went on and became a different kind of sounding band. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when McCartney came back in '02 to the XL in St. Paul, and you and I went. And I remember he opens up with "Hello, Goodbye," and then he comes out, and you know, then the the explosions for Jet afterward, you know, Jet, boom, boom, yeah, and on yeah, those yeah. little explosions on stage, and the crowd is 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 nuts. But when he sang, like maybe I'm amazed, I remember, and you and I had nice seats, but we were we were able to see we we're just above the sea of the first floor. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And people are crying. People are. Our tears are coming on people's yeah. faces, and I and I, I remember standing up there. Come on, people, get a grip! No, <laughs> but I mean, he, he he just people were just couldn't. It's like a religious experience for some of these people. For, it was. Once you, I, you know, one thing I remember about at that concert, and you and I were right next to each other watching it and enjoying the music. And I remember, you know, because his first wife Linda died in '98, and he I've heard him interviewed after he said he's he cried for every day for a year. Wow. After she passed away, that's how close he felt to her. That's a whole different story, but, but that always kind of like piqued my attention with him and his life and stuff. And but being at that concert in two thousand two, where you and I were, were were sitting, standing, we could see Heather Mills, who he had married around that time. Oh Dave. yeah, yeah. We could see her. She was. She was, and then they got went through a nasty divorce. I think he wrote a, a monstrous check to her, like a hundred million. Oh, bucks I can't or something. imagine. Yeah. yeah, and she was standing right down, like between where, like the front yep. row, like the barrier. Then there's a little space, and then the stage, and then McCartney's right there. I remember seeing her down there because I, I kind of knew who she was and stuff. And I said to you, I said, "There's his wife. She's like, you know, right down below from where he's singing." Mm -hmm. And then you know, a few years later, they went through all that crap and yeah. broke up and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, seeing him in, in person was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And then he breaks into Hey Jude oh, toward, somewhere toward the end of the show. It might have been his last song before the encores. Yeah, yeah. And the place is just gone stupid. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. It was, And I remember going to the show thinking, 
okay, I finally get to see a Beatle. Although I seen Ringo's All Star Band, which is fabulous, by the way. But uh, the, I was lukewarm. I wasn't really? a Beatles knucklehead, yeah. but you know, I, I wanted to go to the show, and I know we both wanted to see him. <clears throat> and I walked away going, "That was really good. Yeah, that was really that good. Was, seeing a Beatle was cool. And I mean, just the fact—that's what I'm saying. Is I, I'm not surprised mm-hmm. people cry when he walked out on stage because they're seeing like. You know, there, there's I suppose there's celebrities and movie stars and whatever. Well, yeah, this it's... guy is, uh, you know, another step above all those yeah. type of people. You yeah. know, type of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know him, but he seems like a regular dude. Yeah, one of the great bits on SNL of all time was Chris Farley interviewing McCartney or trying to. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, we're with Kevin Lynch. This is my first concert. Brian, you got anything you want to bring up with Kevin at all? As long as we're BSing right here, uh, I do. Go ahead, because I've got a couple for you. Okay. What has been your favorite concert experience? Besides, okay, besides the Paul McCartney one that we just went over, what other ones have just kind of knocked your socks <clears> off, <throat> maybe anticipated or otherwise? Okay, okay. I, so I got, I got a good... I, <laughs> there's been just a couple uh, you, funny little situations that have taken place at concerts for me. But to answer your question... Um, so I got into Zeppelin back when I was in college, and it was the song What Is and What Should Never Be, which is on Led Zeppelin Two. And again, I grew up Duran Duran and, yeah. you know, <laughs> Prince, you know, kind of 80s stuff back when I was in high school and I got into music. But then I got to college, Dave, and I, I, I heard, I, did, I was never into Zeppelin. I wasn't into the Beatles, Zeppelin, the Who, all that kind of classic stuff. Um, so then summer before my... S- senior year in college, I heard the song, What Is and What Should Never Be, and it's just a rockin' Zeppelin tune. Mm-hmm. And I thought, God, this is great. This is a great song. And I talked to my teammate, Bob Martin, and he's like, oh, yeah, that, you know, he knew more about Zeppelin than I did. And, and so that's what got me into Zeppelin. So, um, so again, I, I read a couple Zeppelin books, like early 90s into the mid 90s just to learn about the craziness around that band and those mm-hmm. guys were they were nuts and um so i i uh one of the books i read was co-written by their not their tour manager which was peter grant his name was but they had his like uh, his main roadie richard cole Look this guy up. He spent time in prison. He got the girls and the drugs for Zeppelin. He was like his... He a was, real greasy dude. Yeah, yeah. And he, <laughs> he was the guy who would fight. You know, he was protecting the, 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 the band members of Zeppelin. He was a, just a nutcase. And so anyways, and one of the books was co-written by him. And, and the other books that I read on Zeppelin, they kind of talk about him as just a, a guy you don't want to trifle with too much. He's just, you know, he's a kind of a bad dude that will fight. And anyway, so... So Page and Plant, Dave, come in, in the 90s, mid-90s, I think, to Target Center. And so I'd never seen... Just the two of them? Just the two of them, okay. yeah. They, they came to Target Center. And so my college teammate, Bob Martin, and he was a Zeppelin fan, so we're like, we got to go. And so because I, I was aware of this guy, Richard Cole, as a joke, we got tickets close to the stage, like off to the side of the stage. And Bob's sister printed t-shirts and so we had bob's sister print these t-shirts that said richard cole fan club (laughs) and so and so and so so we wear the shirts we get to our seats the concert starts i'm trying to quicken up the story 
um, and we're probably 15 feet off the side of the stage from the stage. And we're wearing these T-shirts, and my friend Bob is seven foot one, yeah. and I'm a bigger guy, you know, so we're wearing these T-shirts <laughs> right next to each other. So and we're, we're like hoping to get their attention, Paige and Plant. So, so, <laughs> so, it, so halfway through the concert, they finished one of the songs, Dave. They turned the lights on in the entire Target Center. It's 20,000 people or what, 18,000 people in this building. Robert Plant, they turned the lights on. <laughs> Plant walks over just to kind of scan the crowd, look at the craziness that him and Paige have created. Here, Bob and I are off to the side. Read the shirt, man. Read the shirt. Paige, uh, Plant comes over there, and he's 10 feet away from us, Dave, and he, he looks at our shirt, and he's like, he, he, like he, walk, he turns around, he walks to the other part of the stage, and there's Plant getting his new guitar or whatever, and he's like, Look at these clowns. <laughs> and Paige and Plant go over there, and they're like pointing to us. And the entire arena, Dave, is like the lights are on, and everybody's like looking at us. <laughs> it was like Paige and Plant were right there, Richard Cole fan club. And we're like honoring this guy that would in, was in prison and, you know, just a total nutbag. And, and, and so anyways, that's got to be my best. That's a pretty good story. That's a I never, great story. I thought I knew you. I never knew that story. So it's an awesome that story. That was whatever. That was probably 94, 5, 6, right in there. I was home and it was in the summer, I think. And. Great story. Frankly, oh, okay. I was anticipating an interaction with Richard Cole, so I'm glad it turned out better than that. I would love to meet well, Richard Cole. No, I know Cole. you would, but I thought it, you know, I don't know if he'd love love having, you know, the members of the fan club, you know, yeah. sitting there. But. I'm just kind of wondering if Paige and Plant got on the phone, if, they're, if the guy's still alive, and called him up and said, hey, you got a fan club in Minneapolis. Yeah. I'll yeah. Bet I don't you know if he knows this. It's, yeah. it's almost 14 feet of people sitting yeah. out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, the two of you. Yeah, yeah that's, that, wow. that's a good story. So That's a great story. <laughs> well, they were legendary. In a, yeah, I was, I was always a Zeppelin fan, for, you know, early on. And if you were, I think if you were a Tolkien fan, or if you like to read those books, the Hobbit books, you would have been a cause Zeppelin song yes. to sing about that. That's right. But I always, because growing up where I grew up, and uh, the immigrant song, you know, in the land of the ice and snow, I remember hearing that in the winter when it was like 20, probably 20 below, 10 below. I mean, that wasn't uncommon for where I was. The wind is kicking. Wind's kicking, and you're hearing yeah. that song. And so to me, to this day, that's one of my favorites, because it just brings me back to when... We all froze our butt off, but it's all we knew at the time, right? We didn't. We just we knew it was cold in the winter and it was good. I I, I was in Key West uh, a couple of years ago in February for like the NBA All Star breaks. I went down there and, and um, hanging out for a week and and uh, there's outdoor music and bands playing. Kind of a I don't know if you guys have ever been there. But yeah, it's like you know, yeah, it's, love it. it's, yeah, it's great down there. Loose. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> So so it's there was, it was like midnight on a Tuesday night and there's a Hog's Breath Bar is right down by Duval Street in Key West and it's kind of a lively little area yeah. you know and there's yeah. people and there was a, a band playing just some random band playing late at night in Key West on a Tuesday or whatever it was and I could hear the music I was a couple blocks away I was just walking to get to my bike or whatever to get out of there and I hear the beginnings of what is and what should never be by Zeppelin, mm. and I could not help myself. I was like on a siren song. Yeah, I was on my way back to <laughs> yeah. the, to get my bike to get back to the hotel, 
And I hear the song, and I took my bike over there and just jammed to that song for the like, modern day Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just enjoyed that. It's just a, it's a great song. It's it's to me, it's kind of under. Everybody talks about like you know, Stairway to Heaven. Okay, I get it. But I don't know. Ramble on. What is and what should never be. Fool in the rain is a great song. Absolutely. Dire maker. Dire maker is a good song. Say oh, it. Over the hills and far away. Absolutely. Ze- Ze- some of Zeppelin's great music, Dave. In my opinion, you tell me what you think. Start slow and then boom. Yeah. And then it hits you and the song completely goes in a different direction and a rock and you know it's. They got great music. Until the Love You Breaks. That's a great one, too. Oh, I'm not a big fan of that you song. You're not? I'm not. That's I'm exactly not. how I describe it, though. So whole, whole it speaks lot to of all of us, right? I guess That's I like, a good one. I like the rock and stuff. I hear you. Like rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll is a good song. I love song. Misty Morning Hop. That's, always, that's, that's a good song. That's been a great mood. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive that you know the titles, because listening yes. to their songs, the titles aren't what well, you think they might they're be. They're absolutely not. No, I um, so. like them enough that I've done a little research. I'm not, you know, couldn't tell you what's on one, two, or three, or four Zeppelin, but at the same time, yes, I, I have my, my... Do you like the song Fool in the Rain? I do. That's a great I used to th- Okay, I used to think Billy Joel sang that song because it does not sound like really? Zeppelin at all. Obviously, like a child thinking that, but I just did not understand that Zeppelin could be that far-ranging, and they're just talented guys. Did you get into Zeppelin because of Dave? No, sorry, Dave. My, my parents are pretty Can't hurt big, my oh, feelings. Okay. Okay. <laughs> pretty, pretty hard to hurt my feelings. I spent 32 years with Sid. It's probably yeah. pretty good chance you're not going to be able to do that. No, but that's how we get along. So Yeah. yeah well, I, I was telling uh, Brianne a few weeks ago, we were talking about, uh, and you may have seen it, the, uh, the tribute to Led Zeppelin at the Kennedy Center Honors. Uh, Jack Black introduced them as the greatest rock and roll band of all time, and uh, which was, I, you know, I think a lot of us would agree with that. But... When uh, Ann Wilson came out and Hart with uh, John Bonham's son on the drums, anyway, in that choir. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've watched those, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's pretty powerful. Although one day I'm, I'm on the yard and I get a text, a random text that says, Shoot the thrill. And it's from Kevin. That's all it says. Shoot. <laughs> so I'm on the, oh, right. the yard now. I forgot what And I was mowing with headphones on. So I dial up my Apple music and went, boom, I'm going to shoot the And I, I mowed the yard fast that afternoon. Boom, boom. Because, that's, yeah. I, yeah ACDC. I, I, I get on kicks and I, I, go to, I go to YouTube to listen to the music, but I watch the video too. That's right. I remember texting you. Was that a year or two ago, Dave? Yeah. And Shoot the Thrill by ACDC is one of the great rock and roll songs of all time. It is just, oh man, that's just a great, I want to listen to that song right now. Three, <laughs> hit it, it up. <laughs> hit it. The, uh, Royalty free version coming. <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah, there's yeah, our yeah. issue, I'm right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, to me, to this day, my favorite concert of all time, what people ask me. Why, why is that? ACDC. Why? Well, it was the first time I'd seen them. And I liked them a lot for that very reason. Songs like that, just boom. Yeah. Um, I was by myself uh, with all my friends, me, myself, and I. There were three of us, right? Anyway, they they put on the show. The music's great. But as we've talked about before, up on the monitors, it's not what's happening on stage. It's chaos. It's chaos. Then you get a blow-up thing coming up, you know, and and then Angus, of course, does his patented guitar thing. And... uh, it was, I was just so entertained. Plus, I liked the music. Anyone that did the rock and roll train um, uh, tour, and, which I think is a great, great album, great song, and they had trains on the stage that kind of <laughs> collided, and then they'd have up on the video. And I mean, it was 
Yeah. I don't know. I just enjoyed the whole, it was almost like a circus, but it was the music I, you know, I liked. So yeah, it was one of my all time faves. I, I went to, I was, uh, when I was in the NBA, I was, we were, uh, I was with the Hornets. We were in Denver and we were there for, for some reason for like a th- four days or something. And so, uh, McNichols arena mm-hmm. had, uh, Def Leppard was on tour back in those days. And I kind of like grew up with Def yeah. Leppard. I thought they had some good music. They were so, everywhere. Yeah. And so I went to see them in Denver, Dave, uh, just one random night. Went by myself. You saying going to that concert on your mm-hmm. own. I went to see Def Leppard on my own in uh, in Denver. And, I, and then like a couple weeks later, we were back in Charlotte and uh, Def Leppard was in Charlotte. And I talked to the team. They got me tickets I went alone again, I think, to the Def Leppard show two weeks later, and I got a backstage pass where I got yelled at by one of the roadies. <laughs> like one of the road. I don't know where. Part of the I, experience. I, I, yeah, I watched the, the. I saw him for a second time two weeks later in Charlotte this time, and then I, I went backstage because I had this backstage ticket, and I went back there, and I, was, I must have walked around some barrier. So I'm like, I'm a Hornet player. I can go wherever I want here. This is my building. And so I go back there, and one of the roadies, some little scrawny British dude, is like starts yelling at me. I get the hell back. <laughs> okay, man. So, anyways, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the meet and greets, they were always interesting by themselves. Did you right. end up meeting the band or not? Uh, one of the band members from Def Leppard came back there. It wasn't all of them. It wasn't Elliot. Or Joe Elliott, the lead singer, was one of the other guys. And it's just like, he was just a... Some of these rock and roll stars are like the smallest, scrawniest little dudes a lot of times. Oh, yeah. And you're playing ball with the world's tallest dudes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess I, I noticed that. But one of the members came back there, and I think, I don't think I shook his hand. I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, but, you know, yeah. anyways. So. Uh, our Kevin Lynch is our guest. Brianne's here. Dave here. My first concert continues. Our thanks to the folks of Propane and their reducing carbon emissions. It's good for all of us. Reducing emissions. We have increasing energy needs. That's a big dilemma. How do we do that? That's why we bring up Propane. What a great way to reduce emissions and yet meet the energy needs that we have in this day and age. Propane is a clean, non-toxic energy source, and it helps reduce carbon emissions, and it can do that right now. In fact, propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. So who knew that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity? Think about that for a minute. Plus, the abundance of propane and the growth of renewable propane means it could be used for generations to come. So as we rely on propane in many situations for many, many people in this country, millions of Americans actually, heating homes or businesses or fueling vehicles on road and off, much more. Talked about a friend of mine who converted his pickup to propane. Makes propane right now the, the right energy. So find out more about what propane can do for you and the environment, which we all are concerned about, by simply going to propane.com and learning more. My first concert, Kevin Lynch is our guest. We're talking about all sorts of things here. Uh, and, and favorite, Bree Ann, you asked Kevin about his favorite concert, and it turned back to uh, Led Zeppelin. How could it not be? Yeah, yeah. Anything else stand out for you through the years? I, you know, it's funny, as I was coming down to talk to you this morning, Dave, I, I was like thinking of just random random concert situations. I, my sister, is that okay if I just get it out? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys want to hear this stuff? Everybody yes. does. My sister and my oldest brother, Mike and I, my sister asked us, this is back in the college days. Your I twin think, sister? My twin sister, okay. my twin sister, Kate. Um, 
we, she she loved in excess, and so they were playing at the oh, Met yeah. Center. So we went and we were standing there, and one of the security guards, this girl that was about my age. I got asked out on a date by one of the security guards at an NXS concert. And I was like, I was with my brother and my sister. And I'm like, I didn't really know how to take this. And I'm trying to enjoy the concert. And then this woman kind of, this girl. Anyway, so that 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 happened. I was at, I, I went with Bob Martin, my again, my college teammate. We, Brian Adams was big in the 80s. Yeah. And so. And I, he was good in concert. Yes, yes. He was really good. And so. At the target at Target Center, Brian Adams came. I think this is in the '90s, Dave. And so, um, we get tickets to the show at the last second. We just go buy them at the office, whatever, and we get down there. And the tickets are kind of on the floor, but kind of at way in the back. And so we get to our seats, and we get our seats. We, the concert starts, and he's playing. And kind of right in front of where our seats are, there's just like a there's like a, an area of about 20 feet by 20 feet with a tarp over it. And there's no seats there, just a big tarp over it. And so we're like, whatever, he just noticed it and he watched, enjoy the concert. So at some point in this concert with Brian Adams, he's playing a song and, and then he like, he bolts off the stage. He just leaves the stage in the middle of the song. And we're like, our seats are right next to this area with this tarp. And so right when he leaves the stage, a couple of these roadie people pull off this tarp and there's a little stage right in front of us. <laughs> and so Brian Adams and a couple of the musicians come out to this little stage in the middle of the floor in the crowd and they come and jam like two or three songs in this little stage. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, baby. It was, it was great and, and completely unexpected. And another time I was at a concert, we went to see ZZ Top. Um, when I was a senior in college, it was Big Bob and our other teammate, Rob Rowe. And Bob's seven feet. Rob Rowe is like six seven, and I'm, you know, six five or whatever. And so we go down to Target Center to get tickets to ZZ Top. <laughs> I liked ZZ Top, but whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. So we go to the, the ticket office to get some seats. We figure we're going to be in the nosebleeds. Well, they're like, we go up there and they're like, you know, what do you got for tickets? And like, well, we got some seats that are seventh row right in the middle. We're like, we, we'll take them. <laughs> so we go down there and, you know, we got a seven foot guy and everybody behind the seven oh, foot. They're mad. Hey, sit down, man. Come on. The most hated man at the concert. Exactly. So that and, was yeah. easy top. And Bob was a good guy. He's a good guy. guy. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. Uh, I saw that one time of a concert when Kevin McHale ended up in the second row in front of somebody. And the, the, the he wasn't happy. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, do you fight him? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to try to move away. Well, that, that's the trouble with the floor seating or the what used to be called festival seating. Just go where you can, right? Oh, it's a free-for-all. It's Yeah, not good. There's no seats or anything. No. You just stand up. No, yeah, and that's where you usually had issues of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We no. Yeah, but <laughs> no who, way. <laughs> yeah, remember we were talking on the podcast one day with... Uh, Jack Larson? No, who got squeezed... Uncomfortably, oh, after. Bruce, was it Bruce? No, it was Mary. Mary Tan. Mary oh. was the last week, and Mary was at that one concert where she she's small, and she got squeezed up through the crowd up toward uncomfortably right up to the security guard trying to get out of, you know, it scary. Be, it's, but yeah, it can be dangerous. Yeah. People get trampled and killed, and yeah. you know that type of thing. That's Fanatical. why. That's why you get a little older. It's kind of nice because the guards will say, hey, "Hey, could you sit down?" And, and people really want to sit down. <laughs> they, no they problem. Don't wanna, they don't want to stand that long anymore. So, yeah, a lot of great shows. We start thinking about music and you start thinking about dates. But just, I think that's, that's the key to why this show is fun. 
because you go back to time and all of a sudden you're transported yeah. and it's theater of the mind and you think yeah. about who you're with and what it was like and times you remember mostly as good times and and that's uh, the beauty of of kind of retracking this music stuff but it it affects all of us plus it's always isn't it always interesting to get into music and then when you get to see them live you get to compare how you get to find out how good of right. a musician they really are, it's like and how the on a sound. First date. Yeah, how the yeah exactly. So the, how the how the sound translates live as opposed to always listening to it on the radio or a cassette or a record or whatever. Or Don't if you they're agree? good performers, yeah. you know, sometimes they're not very good showmen and it's not a good show, and then other times they're completely captivating or the you, entire audience. Or you, like you said, you go to somebody like ZZ Top. Yeah, I'll go. It'll be fun, but I I don't love them. And then you yeah. see them at concert and you're going, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wasn't a big, huge Clapton fan at all. And then when I saw him, I walked out. You know what? Uh, like uh, a couple of his songs, I Shot the Sheriff, and a couple of them, I'm going, oh, boy, I, I never hit. And then when I watched him, I walked out, and I said, boy, I, you know, what year my was fault. This? Uh, the guy is pretty good. What year was this that you saw him? Do you remember? The last, I've seen him a few times. Oh, gosh, it'd have to be. Uh, I don't, you're sure, probably shortly after we saw McCartney, probably early 2000s. Somewhere in their mid, maybe up to 2010, I'm not sure. You know, it's funny you bring up Eric Clapton because... Um, then I read his biography. You did, because I was just going to say that. Yeah. There was a, a, a small article in the he paper. Did. Who's the writer for the Star Tribune that does the musicians? Well, there's a few of them. There's Chris and John. and John Bream? John, yeah. John Bream. Mm -hmm. So he wrote an article when, when Clapton's book came out, Autobiography. And he's he's such a quiet guy. You don't ever hear John. Yeah, about, real nice guy. Yeah. No, I'm saying Eric Clapton. Oh, Eric you don't know much guy. about you know him as a rock star, or whatever. You knew he, you know. And so there was a small article in the paper. This is what this is kind of this is what I do. So I read this article on Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton's music through the years, I liked it. It was good, but I didn't really whatever. S same, same. Yeah. So so I this article after the book came out, it was like a book review, mm -hmm. and there was a couple. Uh, little segments of, of Eric Clapton's story that were in this article, Dave, and I read it, and it piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. I got the book within a week, and I gobbled that book up. It's, I don't know. It's weird. That's something I do. I, I find something that, that yep. piques my interest, and then I want to learn more, and I get the book. I thought that book was really good. That guy's He didn't hold anything great. back. Yeah. He, exactly. I mean, even things you wouldn't like about him. Right. He didn't hold anything back, and that was, yeah, I read it on a train in, 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 on a train in Europe. And I started reading the book, and I read that book the whole time on that long train ride. Really? Yeah, so it was, uh, but yeah, it was, anyway, it was interesting. Oh, that, that's a great book. So um, you, away from music, read To Kill a Mockingbird, and you decided to go down and see where uh, yeah. the story allegedly took place and Harper Lee and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was in high school and I read that book. I didn't read it all when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and I didn't read much because I was playing sports. I was outside. I just I didn't want to sit down and you know and read. So and but that was one of the few books I read because I had to read it in class, like English class or whatever. So I read it and I thought, oh, and I was sixteen or fifteen when I read that book, and I thought this is a great book, and it's turned into it's like the all time classic. And then I've read that book, Dave, a number of times since. I've read it multiple times. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I do. I know I told you about that. I watched the movie too. After we read the book in high school, we watched the movie, which is a great movie. And then I Gregory Peck, right? Gregory Peck yeah. was uh, Atticus Finch. And so then I I flew down with my girlfriend at the time, flew down to Pensacola, Florida on vacation right around Labor Day. And then um 
we were on sitting on the beach and stuff, but then we rented a car, drove up to Monroeville, Alabama, and that's where Harper Lee grew up, and she still lived at the time, and they had some, but she never wanted much attention, you know? She was really private, and so, like, the city had a few things that talked about her and the book and da-da-da, and, um, but they, you know, because she still lived there. She was living at the time, and it was fascinating just to kind of be yeah. there. That's where it started, and you can go back to where the house used to be, where she grew up, and and uh, Truman Capote's character, and... Uh, in the movie, and what's his name? Dill. Dill. Anyways, great great book, great movie, and I was there. That's kind of what I do for some reason. I don't yeah. know if it's weird or what. That's but, pretty cool, know. I think. It was, I know. think it's cool, yeah. too. You're passionate about something, then it's full force. That I want to learn about and it. And that's probably why it leads to your success and your career and all that, just the way you are, and that's okay. No, I don't yep. to validate that. you with yep. that. Billy Joel said it best, <laughs> right? Just the way you are. Yep. Yeah, just, uh, or when he's singing <laughs> Fool in the Rain. Just yeah. kidding. That's a cool um, call. Bada bing. Brian, thank you. Thank you. Great to see you again. Kevin, thanks for coming on. Good to see you Thanks for having me, Dave usual. Good to see you. He's Kevin Lynch. You can see him on the Timberwolves broadcast, by the way, of their basketball team. And Rudy Gobert and the newcomer and how kind of impact he'll make. Kevin will know. He's been there. Well, that's uh, my first podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our thanks to Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone, for the folks at StarBank.net, and for our friends over to Quarry's Home Services. Dave Lee here. We'll see you next time on My First Concert.